Blog Talk Radio. Places Network is so pleased to have you tonight on Thursday, Elevated Places, our Ask Minister Ava edition with myself, your host, Ava Muhammad, our awesome co-host, Brother Terrence Muhammad. Handling things for us and keeping us on point is our executive producer, Sister Rona Muhammad, our legal contributor, sister attorney, Pamela Muhammad, and, of course, each and every single one of you. We are so grateful to you that you tune in every Thursday night at 7 Central, 8 Eastern, either by way of phone. You call in on 563-999-3065, or you log in at blogtalkradio.com forward slash elevated places. So gather everyone around, call them and let uh, them know that we're back again. We are live. Tonight is a guest night, and oh, my goodness, do we have some special guests for you tonight. And you know, Brother Terrence, I love couples. I love power couples more than anything, Muslim power couples, my favorite, favorite uh, guests to have, and we have them uh, on elevated places as frequently as we can. Uh, The level of achievement of our community is just growing by leaps and bounds. And so, of course, we're going to be going through the latest edition of the Final Call newspaper, this is the best paper on the planet Earth. It is truth from cover to cover, uh, from the front to the back, and we're going to be coming from some of the pages um, and sections of the Final Call this evening. And, of course, uh, our cover heading is No Closer to Justice. Uh, One year has passed since the murder of George Floyd, and 100 years has passed since the massacre and the destruction of the Greenwood section of Tulsa, Oklahoma, 
1921. Um, so we have a lot to cover, and I'm not going to hesitate. I'm going to turn the mic over to get us further into the program to Brother Terrence. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam. And once again, we're here. I'm excited. You know, it's 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 you know it's it's it's, it's an honor. It's a privilege. And I was going to wait. Um, you know, I was going to wait to see this, Dr. Ava. But one of the things I just realized, you know, sometimes we got to have a moment of gratitude and thanks and and be very very happy because when our guests, we will be talking about them later. But when they was knowing that they was coming on, it's like, oh yeah, it's the Ava show. Yes. You know, they got excited. And every time oh, I goodness. mention. And every time I mention a different guest, oh, I can come on to the April show. Oh, yes. And 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 I have to say this because sometimes, and I'm saying this in uh, in a way that I have to be always reminded that sometimes we have to understand the blessings of a lot of the things that we have that sometimes we take for granted. Like when we our water is running or we got access to water, we can get some bottled water. Once we don't have it, we thirst and we can't find anything. Then we can appreciate it when we get it. We can appreciate it when we have it. So sometimes being close to something and having access to something, we take for granted that which we have, and we understand what we have when someone who doesn't have that access gets it, and it's like, wow, I can come in with you all. And I say that is because as we look at certain people that are privileged and they have certain things, they don't allow other people to have access to what we have. And that's the beauty of the minister. He allows for the beauty and the gifts of the believers to shine, and he loves to see the beauty and the gifts of the believers shine and the access. And I say that because that's the same way with you, Dr. Ava, is that this show is a place where we can express and show the beauty of the believers, and not just the believers that are quote-unquote registered, but the beauty of our people, and not only in the nation throughout the world. So that's a beauty, but that's also part of our self-improvement, the basis of community development, because in those study guides helps us to develop self. So when you know your worth and you know who you are, your place and your assignment, you don't worry about anybody else. You can be happy about other people that bring their gifts, their talent to your show. And that's just a beautiful thing. So I just wanted to thank you for continuing with this Elevated Places Network to allow the beauty of our people to be shown to the world. That speaks volume because not everybody gives their platform for others to speak and share. They want their platform for you all to come listen to me, and that's all. They don't want (laughs) to share that. And so it's a beautiful thing when we have a space where that can be done. So I just had to start off with that moment of uh, gratitude because I just I just thought about it. I was like, yeah, I know, yeah, I know Sister Ava. You know, but how many people get to say, I know Sister Ava, or I spoke to Sister Ava. And we have so many guests <laughs> and callers that come on and say, Sister Ava, that book, they may even go all the way back, the force and, force and power of being, that book right there. And I know for me, that book is all marked up. <laughs> I marked that book, easy read, powerful read, and then subsequently more and more books, which you can go to ministerava.com. Not only can you get the hard copy, you can get multiple e-books, man, ministerava.com. So let me go ahead after that moment and go through this, this list of things that we 
one to always go through, and the first, and I'm going to talk about a little bit more, is going back to hear and listen and study the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan's word, the time and what must be done, and last year, July 4th, almost coming up on the year anniversary of that monumental lecture, the Criterion. We want to make sure we stand in the Criterion um, listening to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan instructions, not your president, not your governor, not your mayor, whatever the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is putting out about this COVID-19 and these vaccinations. We need to continue to hear his voice and go back to the 58-week series, the time and what must be done, because we're seeing it play out. Go to NOI.org. Join us also tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. for our study group, Self-Improvement, the Basis of Community Development, Sunday, 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern, NOI.org. Hear more powerful teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught today by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And join us Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. NOI.org. And that powerful, powerful, powerful decision paper that Dr. Ava spoke on with a cover no closer to justice with George Floyd on the cover. You can go to finalcalldigital.com, finalcalldigital.com, and the cover store with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. God has come to answer our cry for justice. So those are the things we want to first, you know, want to make sure that we put out there. Uh, always go to NOI.org. Go to ministerava.com. But as you said, Dr. Ava, today or on Tuesday was a year anniversary of George Floyd. There was lots of things going on. Uh, the mother of Trayvon Martin, Sabrina Fulton, the mother of Eric Garner was in Minneapolis. We saw Al Sharpton doing events, of course, with Ben Crump. And we also saw the daughter of Eric Garner um, going into the White House and, you know, having the, I forgot, the, the military open the door, you know, open the door for her, this young black girl, you know, going in to meet the president. So that was, you know, that was a symbolism, uh, but that still doesn't have justice. But it was for some, that was a, a, a major moment. And as you said, we're now, by the time of next, uh, our next show will be on Tuesday. We know we'll be remembering Tulsa, Oklahoma, 1921, the first city that was bombed uh, in a black thriving town with an airport. Uh, and seeing what happened and remembering that history a hundred years ago, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we have to remember that history because we can see that played out today. So with that, Dr. Ava, we also today uh, in Baton Rouge, I saw my brother Gary Chambers, who's been on this show. I saw my sister Tamika Mallow, who's been on this show, um, fighting for justice for Ronald Green uh, in Louisiana. Oh, and seeing what is going on in that push, and they're still fighting for him. At the same time, now we want to shout out our sister, Kristen Clark. Kristen Clark, former head and president of the Lawyers Committee, is now got confirmed by uh, Congress to be uh, over the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice. Uh, good sister, we will see what she's able to do in this system. Uh, and see if she can actually make some changes and bring some justice, and we already know what that looks like. Uh, and then there was big, you know, clamor and claps for our press secretary, the first black woman in 30 years. She's the second black woman to be the press secretary for the White House. 
uh, Kareen, I think, Jean Paris, uh, and she you know, she was doing uh, her thing, and that was like a, a big thing. So once again, we're seeing black women at the forefront, and they can say they have diversity. They can say they have black people. They can say that they are there, but will we see justice in the street for our people? That is the question. So it may be more faces. We may be at the table, but does that mean systems change? And will anything change for us is the real question. So there's a lot uh, going in the news, and I know we always have our callers uh, give us more things and some of the things I missed throughout the week that I don't get to write down. But we just need to be mindful. Oh, and one more thing, Dr. Ava, I did mention. I I forgot. I, I do actually go and listen to some of our black leadership when they're talking about vaccination. Not to get my mind wrapped around, ooh, man, they give me some good ideas about why I should get it. No, not at all. <laughs> no vaccination for me. What I did find out is that there is this conversation in one of my, uh, actually the daughter of uh, Reverend Barber, Sherelle Barber, is on a Zoom, and there's other stuff that I know is talking about the holding of COVID, holding the vaccination, and two prominent black scholars who are on here talking about vaccination, even though they're four, they gave the, the they gave a, a layout of why they like do not people that don't want to take it, listen to them and understand why they don't want to take it because there's real history. There's real information on why people do not trust the medical system. And they even now. said themselves they even said themselves that they said even when the vaccination came out. They say they didn't run to go take it. It took them a minute before they took it. They said it was too many things. They ain't seen no, no test results. They ain't seen no data. They ain't seen no stats of what's going to go on. So even some of our best black scholars, you know, waited before they took it, even though we don't want them taking it at all. But it's just the hesitancy of us still looking at this medical profession. These are medical epidemiologists and other folks that's in this. But one of the things that she said, it was like in Philadelphia, as the CDC is saying, don't wear masks, she said, no, I wouldn't do that. She said, I'm going to wear my mask all the way through the rest of the year. Now, she got shots, but she said, I ain't into this, listen to them, don't wear masks, because we don't know what is going to happen with all these different variants of this COVID-19 and what can happen. So she said, I'm not listening to them, basically. And she also said that in some, in Philadelphia, there are still parts where the vaccination rate is at 19, 17%, meaning that folks in the streets are not getting vaccinated. So, like I said, I listen, not for me to listen to find a reason to get vaccination, but to listen to hear that, wow, you're saying that only 17% in this community, 19% in that community have been vaccinated, meaning that folks are not getting there. So they're having conversations of how to help them to want to or how to get access to or get transportation to, but they may not even understand that it's because of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and those that are with him and us that are saying don't take this vaccination that is stopping the rise of our people taking the vaccination. So it's not going as they thought it would go, but also people remember the words of Minister Farrakhan as I go out in the community, people have acting like 
It just disappeared, Dr. Abel. I'm watching people go back like everything is normal. 80% of the people I'm seeing out in the streets now do not have a mask on, and they're eating and dining and enjoying life as though everything. And I'm looking like an eyeball wearing my mask walking down the street. <laughs> so it is very interesting, and we just got to remember to stay on guard. Just because they do something don't mean that we have gotten any instructions or change up, or, or we haven't got any chain of command given from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to do anything different than what he has already instructed. Oh, be mindful, because yes, the devil is out to deceive. Back to you, Dr. Ava. <laughs> yes, sir. And you know what? Um, now that you have uh, brought up the vaccine, I do want to remind us and please uh, share this with your friends and families uh, regarding the COVID-19 vaccine, uh, particularly the mRNA vaccine uh, manufactured by Pfizer and Moderna that are actually not vaccinations. They are uh, gene therapy, genetic therapy. Uh, this in, this injection uh, contains uh, material that carries a message into the cells of the body, instructing them to produce the spike protein, which is the unique pardon me trait of the COVID nineteen vaccine. It's those little spikes you see the uh, that come out of it, and it's enlarged. Uh, image that we have seen so many times during this uh, pandemic, those little so-called spikes are uh, enable it to attach itself to the cells. It's one of the traits of it that help it uh, replicate itself. And uh, if you will recall, as Brother Terrence always uh, implores us to do, the directive from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who does not issue directives lightly. He is a teacher, and he has expressed in public and private many times over the decades that he loves to teach and he hates to lead. He he doesn't like being called leader. He's a teacher, and he has a teacher. And it is not often that Minister Farrakhan will give you um, a straight directive. He would rather you arrive at the conclusion after hearing the truth. On July 4th, 2020, he issued a very firm, unequivocal, unconditional directive. Do not take their COVID vaccine. He did not tell us to uh, measure the consequences before we decided this was a commandment from God through him. Now, only months later, after this, these vaccines have been deployed, uh, we have in our COVID section, we have designed a section devoted to COVID um, that begins on page uh, 7, um, because the executive council felt that we needed to really stay on top of this vaccine. But in addition to that, 
in the coming issues, we're going to be uh, publishing what scientists have found and usage has shown the effective treatments for COVID because COVID is treatable. It's a treatable illness. You don't have to subject your body to the dangers of such a uh, product when there are medications as well as natural treatments that will, without question, effectively shut this virus down and stop it from replicating itself. But if you look in the current issue, beginning uh, last week, and this is the June 1st issue, it's out now. You should have your uh, hard copy or your digital copy or both. And you will see as a public service on page 9, we're going to keep a running tab, Brother Terrence, on the deaths and the serious injuries that are a result of these COVID-19 vaccines. And so look how quickly the words and the warning of Minister Farrakhan came to pass. But as of this last issue, there have been 4,201 deaths from the COVID-19 vaccines. That's more people than died in the World Trade Center. All right, and this has happened uh, since the end of December. We're talking about approximately five months, and these numbers are climbing every day. Now, that is not to count the tens of thousands of injuries and adverse effects from this virus. And so we want you to pay attention and show this, <clears throat> forgive me, this is not COVID, this is allergy coughing, but to show, <laughs> these, uh, show these statistics to your loved ones, because this, this is real. People have died as a result of the uh, overreaction of their immune system. You know, the very uh, problems, health problems, that lead to problems with COVID-19, Brother Terrence, those same conditions cause problems with the vaccine. That's right. Because the vaccine uh, causes you to produce coronavirus in your body. And so if you are vulnerable to the virus, you're also vulnerable to the vaccine. And so you should not be taking this vaccine. And, and that's what makes it so ironic because really only healthy people <laughs> have a chance against this vaccine. What's and on? you're going to see these numbers. Sadly, they're going to rise drastically. So with that, and, and, I want to – oh, yes, sir, go right ahead, Mr. No, 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 I'm sorry. I apologize. I know we got to move on. The thing I did want to add is that if there is, quote, unquote, a spike, they will blame it not on the people that vaccinated. It says those unvaccinated people that's causing the spike. So they're going to want to set it up anyway. Well, that's they're exactly gonna... right, and I'm glad you said that, mm-hmm. yeah, because the, the deaths – 
from the vaccine as they grow by leaps and bounds will be attributed to the uh, virus. And and we're going to have to get back on talking about the virus and talking about the evolution of information that has Mm -hmm. come out. There was a powerful town hall meeting uh, Tuesday of this week. Uh, Some high-profile scientists, researchers, attorneys, community activists. Uh, There were two uh, members of the Nation of Islam, Brother uh, Abdul Malik Saeed Muhammad, our West Coast Regional Minister, spoke on this town hall, and also uh, Dr. Abdul Aleem Muhammad, um, who is a very profound uh, doctor, not only of medicine, he's, a, he's an MD, he's a surgeon, but he is also an expert in holistic means of maintaining our health and a staunch follower of How to Eat to Live as a member of the Nation of Islam. And he formerly served as our Minister of Health. Um, and he spoke on both the mRNA vaccine and uh, actually and explained scientifically why it is not even a vaccine, brothers and sisters. The, the reason it's characterized as a vaccine is so that it was able to get that emergency use authorization because mRNA technology has been around for a long time, for decades. It was never able to get approval in the United States for use in human beings because it kills so many animals in clinical trials. And this pandemic uh, gave it an opportunity to get into the stream of commerce. But that's a whole other story. The other thing I want to add about this section on COVID, as Minister Farrakhan has been teaching, uh, and he has provided us with irrefutable documented evidence of the United States' very wicked plan of depopulation, which has been in effect for decades, um, you will see in the current issue, uh, the Nation of Islam Research Group did a phenomenal two-page article. Depopulation has been United States policy for centuries, is the title of it. And you're going to see some stunning comments that you need to let your loved ones see if they're, uh, if God forbid, if they still, if they went ahead and took this vaccine, uh, we, we can only pray for them because once that mRNA gets in your system, there is no undoing it. The traditional vaccinations uh, that are primarily based in using uh, inactivated parts of the disease itself, you know, there are detox programs and certainly, you know, following the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's program of fasting and eating one meal a day or one meal every other day, you can actually detox your body uh, from some of the ingredients in these products, such as the aluminum. But 
the mRNA is, is coding. It's a, it's a computer program. It's a software program. You can't undo it. Uh, and this is why the minister was so firm and passionate about saying stay away. But real quick, let me, let me just give you some open quotes of people who are very well known and what they have said about depopulation. Because some of our people, Brother Terrence, don't believe that there are wicked, wealthy people, wicked scientists who literally want to rid the planet of billions of people. That's right. You know, Ted Turner, who founded CNN Network, said this. He said on the subject of depopulation, he said the earth should have, and I quote, a total population of 250 to 300 million people. The United States Mm. has more than that. He went on to say a 95% decline from present levels would be ideal. Prince Philip, who just passed away at the age of 99, human, this is his words, human population growth is probably the single most serious long-term threat to survival. He called the birth of babies, <laughs> population growth, the single most long-term threat to survival. Not murders, not wars, not cancer, not heart disease, but human growth population. He said, I continue, he said, quote, we are in for a major disaster if it isn't curbed, not just for the natural world, but the human world. The more people there are, the more resources they will consume, the more pollution they will create, the more fighting they will do. We have no option. If it isn't controlled voluntarily, it will be controlled involuntarily, by an increase in disease, starvation, and war. Bill Gates, who is the number one promoter of the mRNA vaccine and the world's largest investor in vaccination, said this, quote, and this is all in your Final Call newspaper, in big letters. He said, first, we've got population. The world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Listen to this carefully. If we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we lower that perhaps 10 or 15%. Now, Brother Terrence, he's listing vaccines as a way to lower this population. And then 
the famous quote from that the minister quotes all the time from Brzezinski, quote, in earlier times, it was easier to control a million people than physically kill a million people. Today, it is infinitely easier to kill a million people than to control a million people. It is easier to kill than to control. So we can keep playing around in our mind with what the minister said and letting the external Satan or the internal Satan of self whisper evil suggestions in the firm resolution and tell ourselves, I'm going to get vaccinated to keep a job. I'm going to get vaccinated so I can travel. I'm going to get vaccinated so I can do A, B, or C. If you let that slinking devil whisper in your ear, then you are going to satisfy the most diabolical agenda in the annals of human history. And I just read to you some direct quotes. Now, if they didn't say it, they can sue us. They said this, and they said this recently, these quotes that I'm giving you. So may Allah bless us to hold strong. And with that, I know I took up some extra time, but I think it's important to continually direct our attention, and we need to get out here and at least tell people you care about. Tell them to at least, if they got $4.99 a month to get the digital edition of the Final Call newspaper, my grande cappuccino that I get every day from Starbucks, almost every day, is $5 and change. Now, what do I look like depriving myself? I don't want to deprive myself of that caffeine shot from Starbucks, but am I going to deprive myself of the only guidance that is available to us on that planet that is going to save you and I from what is being planned for us? And if you've been seeing the video clips I can't bear to watch, and when my husband told me that he nearly cried, and Brother Terrence, you know Darius mm-hmm. is not somebody that's going to cry. That's he right. said it almost brought him to tears watching oh. that uh, video of Ronald Green's lynching oh. in Louisiana, in Monroe, Louisiana, because that's what it was. It was a 2021 Emmett Till torture murder. It happened in 2019. And this video clip has made its way into the public. And with that, um, that's a segue for me to bring on my beloved sister and your beloved sister. She's got an announcement for you, too. Our uh, dear sister, legal contributor, attorney, sister Pamela Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum, sister Pamela. Walaikum salam. Yes, ma'am, and all praises due to Allah. Thank you, Sister Ava, for allowing me on the show. Uh, yes, ma'am, you, um, yes, ma'am, it, it just really segues into what I wanted to talk about when you talk about the heinous crime, the brutal murder of 
our brother Ronald Green. And, you know, as they're talking about these body cams showing this dragging and this torturing and just the stun guns and of our brother and what his mother, who is so bravely standing up, calling this a execution, a murder of her child, she said it's plain and simple. And, you know, one of the things that um, I think we have to look at is, where do some of these officers get the impunity that they can do these uh, heinous acts without any protection, any kind of accountability? Uh, you know, they're acting off of their vicious nature. We know that. We've been taught that. But what's going on with their fear of law and reprisal? So one of the conversations I think we have to have is this um legal issue that's making its way through Congress called qualified immunity. And qualified immunity is a doctrine that has been used by police and state officials to do things with impunity, to kill us, to this police brutality that we've been seeing now for years and we've hardly seen anybody ever charged or anybody ever brought to justice uh, for killing us, that's because they enjoy what we call qualified immunity. And what qualified immunity, and, and that's one of the reasons, but qualified immunity protects government officials from lawsuits. Uh, where there would be the allegation that they violated the rights of citizens, uh, killing people under the color of state law when you're in your job. You know, you're not supposed to abuse your power uh, to, to do harm to citizens and be paid taxpayer money to do this. But as we see, these people can barely even be sued for this conduct. And so qualified immunity it really it, it's almost like what we're seeing with this vaccine. You don't have liability uh, really to government officials for what they do to people, and that actually stretches to judges. That stretches in some form to CPS workers, um, all types of DAs. You know, they can, while working under state jobs, enjoy some sort of immunity. But when we're talking about police here, which is, is so much in the news, you know, it's really, it, it shields them, as I said, it protects them from suit and officers and government officials when they violate our constitutional rights. Because one of the problems is that here we go with the law being used as a trick. You know, you can't really prove that these officers knew what they were doing was a violation of the law because the law has this built-in uh, safety net for them to say, well, I was doing my job, and if I didn't, if you can't prove that I really meant to harm the person, that I actually knew or I should have known that what I was doing was violating their rights, then, you know, this is where they come up with all these excuses of, well, I, I was in fear of my life, or, you know, they make up stories about what a person was doing right before they murdered them, and, and these state troopers that we see in, in this case of Ronald Green, you know, who just acted so viciously, you have to wonder, it's like, did you not know that you, you, you know, you're a criminal, you're, you're a murderer, and, and this is not what 
we are paid to do. So, I, you know, again, I just kind of wanted to throw this argument out there because it's a hot topic. Uh, it's being it's this issue about whether or not qualified immunity should be curved, whether or not these officers should be stripped of protection and shielding when they are, you know, violating people's rights. And so right now, you know, the argument is that, well, uh, see, you know, they have to make split-second decisions, and so they need protection. So even if they make an error, it's kind of like, oops, you know, I'm sorry that you're dead, but we shouldn't be held financially accountable. And this is where these people are hiding behind um, these laws. The laws are being used to shield them. And I think it's very interesting because the action that people, many times when people, plaintiffs, individuals who are victimized by police brutality or, you know, their rights are stripped because they, they are deprived of due process, deprived of equal protection. They use a law that was uh, enacted. It's called the Ku Klux Klan Act. That's what we that's, – that's the underlying reason why it was enacted because the Klan, again, they were uh, sheriffs and deputies and they were killing people by hanging them without under the color of state law. So a law was enacted to say, well, you can, giving black people the right to say, well, we can file lawsuits against them. But as we know, that really never um, was actually, we weren't really given that authority. You know, we weren't given the right to go to court. So in the 60s, when people really started trying to use this law finally, then, um, and this is according to a writer uh, that I read in the Los Angeles Times, her name is Sarah Wire. But she was saying that in the 60s, uh, this, you know, these laws were finally being used. And so, of course, now the Supreme Court comes in and starts limiting our ability to use the law. So, once again, we don't get to use any of the laws, you know, they give us laws, they take them away, exactly. and we never really get to use them. So, again, that, that law in the 60s, you know, that they, they start talking about whether or not police officers really uh, would be so, you know, hogtied or they'd be so under fines that they couldn't do their job. So you had Justice Earl Warren, uh, you know, they didn't want to really apply the law then at, uh, to hold police accountable, and they gave them more of this shield called qualified immunity. And now in the, in the in the 80s, it got even even more more expansion that the police will not be held accountable uh, for violating the law because you got to show that there's a pattern or that they do this all the time, and you know, so it's really. I wanted your audience to know, because as you you and I have kind of talked before, it shows that there this this is just an unjust system, and every time we feel like we're given some right, we we you know it's taken away, or even we're not even on a fair playing field because if you can't hold these government officials responsible for um, what they do to us, and they're paid to do it, then it, it, it really takes away any real semblance of justice or any real hope that we have of any kind of court exactly. system uh, fairness. So, 
you know, I just kind of wanted to put that out because, again, this is something we're seeing. Um, it's my understanding that the Senate, whereas it was promised that there would be some action and the abolishing of qualified immunity, because all we're asking is that if these officers are doing this wrong, they should be brought into court like anybody else who's done wrong or accused of being done wrong, but this law actually abolishes the ability to even take them into court. Lawyers, we want to file cases, but oftentimes these cases are dismissed outright because they pull up and say, well, no, we're, we, we have immunity. You know, you can't sue a government official. So I, I just kind of, like I said, this, this, is, this is what was on the table, but it's my understanding they're already starting to say, well, no, we're, we're not, you know, it, it doesn't look like it's going to be passed uh, as easily as, as we were told that it would. So if at all, yes, if at all, Sister Ava. So I just kind of wanted to um, put, put that concept out there and, and give some information as to, to what, their meaning when they talk about qualified immunity. And also, in closing, I just wanted to announce that um, upcoming mm-hmm. there will be a legal commentary uh, show where we'll discuss relevant legal topics. And right now I think the show is called A Time for Justice, and uh, we'll have a roundtable discussion with other lawyers. I mean, we have some wonderful lawyers in our nation. Of course, we have we wonderful sure lawyers in, from the black community as well. But these will be the people that will be a part of the roundtable. And so it, it's just so exciting. And we're thinking June 8th. June 8th is our date that we would love to do our first show. So this is, you know, I'm putting it out there in the universe, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to bring it into existence. So thank you so much, Sister Dr. Ava, for all that you do. Brother Terrence, uh, thank you as well, brother. You just make us so proud in the community. And uh, assalamu alaikum. And what time oh, will wow. the program air? Now, Sister Ava, that's a uh, we're, we're looking, and I was hoping that next week we could give the definite time as to uh, okay. whether 7 yes, o'clock well, is, is the time. or Yes, ma'am, but that's that's where we're at now. But the date, somewhere June 8th. In the, yeah, somewhere in the afternoon or evening hours. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Is that right? That is, that okay. is, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So that's a Tuesday. So everybody uh, keep your uh, ears perked up. For it, uh, on next Thursday to get the exact time um, of of time for justice. Um, yes, I don't and, know if and you we all just want knew. To say I did... Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Just real quick, want to say thank you so much, Sister Ava, for the inspiration uh, to do this show and and just your love and support on the Elevated Places Network. Oh, praise be to Allah. And, you know, I don't know if you all had heard, uh, Sister Pamela, Brother Terrence, that uh, Bill Cosby was denied parole. Um, yes, I because... saw that. Yeah, you oh, saw that? that is... Yeah, but I didn't get a call, so go ahead. He, uh, what? They want him to enroll in a program for violent sex predators. 
in order to qualify for parole. And he said, I'm not doing it. Praise I'm innocent. I should, yes. I'm innocent. I should not even be in here. But for me to enroll in a violent sexual predator program. Mm-hmm. Now he's, I think he's 87 years old. But he's, he's standing up like a man, the man yes, that ma'am. he is. And we are proud of him. We love him. And we ask Master Fadid Muhammad to protect him and to intervene in this. Yes, ma'am. But it's just another line on the endless pages of reasons that we cannot get along with them in peace and equality. After giving them 400 years of our sweat and blood and receiving in return some of the worst treatment human beings have ever experienced. And that is why we are justified to demand a complete separation in a state or territory of our own. And I'm so proud of our people who are many of them young brothers and sisters who are members of the faith community of the Nation of Islam and members of the broader black community um, here in America. And they are out in the the, uh, landscape acquiring land for farming so that we can feed ourselves, for residential communities so that we can house ourselves. And once we live together... Setting up schools is nothing. That that automatically happens. That's right. When you build a planned community and live there, the little elementary school I went to as a child was right in the center of a beautiful black community. And as I've told you all, it was so safe that at the age of four, I walked to kindergarten. That's how safe it was. My daughter at Howard is 23. My older daughter, Sasha, is 24. And I'm always checking. Where are you? What you doing? Where are you? What are you doing? And I guess the reverse has happened now. The worst thing you can be is an adult black male or a young, young black male. We cannot walk the streets of America in safety. So the minister called. For 10,000 fearless to make our own communities a safe and decent place to live. And we also uh, have an article this week, a beautiful article by Sister Anissa Muhammad, who's a contributing writer for the Final Call newspaper. It is time to build. How black folk are creating communities. Please read that. And so uh, we, I think we're still waiting for our special guest. Uh, to come on, and so while we I think do they, that, I think oh, they we are? got them. Are they oh, I think they're praise be to the, they just trying to pull them on. They are there. Get the get the lines open. Oh yes, they are. They are with us. They are with us. Oh. So, Brother Terrence, did you want to 
sound the trumpet? Yes, 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 yes. So, you know, as you said, Dr. Ava, you know, you always love to help couples on your show. So this past weekend, you know, right, right. So this past weekend I was in Norfolk, Virginia. I was at a festival doing some work uh, in, in, in Virginia. And Sunday morning I was resting and I was getting ready to watch the webcast. And my brother, brother Amin out of Chicago, sends out a group text and he sends me a YouTube video. I was like, why is he, you know, what is this? I'm thinking, is it for the national training coming up in July? <laughs> and I opened it up, and it was George to the rescue. Who is George? George who? Some video about George to the rescue. And next thing you know, I know, I see this power couple on this YouTube video of this show where this guy named George, you got to see this video. But George comes in to do a house makeover for this beautiful, beautiful couple and, you know, I looked, I said, hold up, that couple looked like this Muslim couple I know. That young man looks like this brother from Mosque Number 7 in Harlem. He looks like this fashion icon that walks so smoothly that works with us on the team that helps secure the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. He looked like this brother on that powerful Mosque Number 7 drill team, but I wasn't, no. I didn't know. And then I saw this other the sister, the 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 science mom, the, the science teacher mom, and it's some organization called the Science Teacher Mom. And these two little black boys that were so genius and so smart on this show, and they were learning science. They were doing STEM, and she was teaching not only her children but other children across the nation, literally across the world. So I said, mm-hmm. Dr. Ava, I, why why not have a Muslim family? who are homeschooling not only their children, but children literally across the world. And this guy named George comes into their home and redoes their basement. And this, this, their, man, they did some beautiful stuff, the stuff they put in their home to make this school much more effective, beautiful, and decorative. But the reason why I wanted to bring them on, Dr. Ava, is just to see that you can grow up in the nation and do something that affects not only our community, but literally affects the world. And we know that this this education, STEM, you know, is what we need to build a nation. So as soon as I saw it, Dr. Ava, I I jumped up. I got excited. I didn't even even watch the whole YouTube clip. I was so excited. I went ahead and started reaching out to you. I said, can we bring them on? Can we bring them on? And, you know, I invited them because I was just excited um, just to see the beauty of this. So I just welcomed it. Then I heard in the group chat, they said, these are family members of some other guests that we had on, like one of the guests that brought some land, a brother Michael, they they all yes. family. So I don't know what you mean, the brother Michael that bought land, the brother Michael that's the son of the other brother Michael that's a martial artist, the other brother Michael that they've got goats and stuff on that land, y'all are connected. And so they got land and y'all doing still. I'm like, Dr. Ava, awesome. that's why I had to set it off in the beginning about the gratitude for you allowing us to allow those guests in our audience just to hear from our brother, Brother Tariq, and his beautiful wife, Sister Medina, on to your show. Welcome. Assalamu alaikum. 
thank you so much for inviting us. We're overjoyed. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this before you all get started that Brother Terrence he he did he he even his text message was jumping off the phone with excitement. <laughs> And he sent around the the link to the uh, Elevated Places team. So when I watched it on YouTube, and I said, you know, th- th- then I saw photos of the two of you and the boys, the little the babies, and and I said, man, they look like a central casting call. They they they're like, okay, get me a, a, a handsome young man, a beautiful young sister. Some stunning babies. <laughs> I mean, you talk about the quintessential Muslim family. And then when I saw the YouTube, I mean, I laughed out loud, not with a comedic laugh, but joy, a joyful laugh. And, I, you know, just to watch the, the teachings yield the fruit and thinking of uh, – reading one day a quote from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad where he said, I will be the winner regardless to whom or what. <laughs> and, we, on, and we have on. won. Who has won? Mr. Farrakhan has won. You know, you, you can't, how do you defeat God? He, he came here and made this happen. So that I just wanted to say that... The, I told, what did I tell you, Brother Terrence? Didn't I? What did I say? The one reservation I had about having mm. Sister Medina and Brother Tariq on. Mm, yeah. Oh, you. Yes. And no, no. You think, one, one, yes. Yes. But the only issue, the only issue you had is that the <laughs> guests won't be able to see because we wanted people to see what I saw. Because when I yeah. saw, my eyes just got big. And and, and oh. I say, let, 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 me, let me just throw this in here. Not only, you know, now now I'm getting, my phone is blowing up, and folks saying, Lake, yay, that's my children's science teacher at Torchlight Education <laughs> Academy in New Jersey. Oh, you getting shot out. <laughs> the beauty of it, though, Dr. Ava, see, one of the things I, I like, I, I like on my social media, I know all of my people that I call my squad. But I love talking about my squad when my squad, like, when you see her packages, when Sister Medina ships out her, her signed package, the quality of the paper that it's printed on, the nice boxes, the little stuff that they put in, I say, yeah, that's, that's how we roll. No, that's how we roll. No, that's that quality stuff. No, that's that stuff that you go to the department store to get. That's the science right. stuff that you get. Yeah, no, that's not no Negro stuff. This is that yeah. high science Muslim stuff that you get in. So I'm like, yeah, that's my people. Yeah, that's my squad. Mm-hmm. Come on. George, hook him up, George. <laughs> oh, that, that, let me shut up so they could, they could do that thing. <laughs> right. So the, so the listeners won't be saying, what? Oh, okay, we want to know. Okay. We'll get out the way. Yeah. Yes, and let's. Let, Please tell us and our people how this came about. Um, so um, this actually started kind of by accident um, when schools closed back in March and everyone was home. 
Um, of course, I was spending more time at home with my children, and they were looking at me like, what are we going to do? <laughs> and, of course, so the thing that I fall back on is science. So I'm a science teacher by day. I teach high school, ninth and 10th graders, uh, biology. And so what I fell back on was science, and that's what I know. And from there, I would start share little things on Instagram and on Facebook, and I had a lot of other parents looking and saying, hey, what are you doing? Can you share some more? Um, and they were just intrigued. And then around Earth Day, which is in April, I had sent out a, a little gift to my uh, sibling, to my siblings' children, so my nieces and nephews, and it was just like a to-do pack, like here's some soils, uh, little pots, seeds, and stuff like that, and a little lesson in there for them to do because at that point I haven't seen them for months. And um, I know that their parents are trying to figure out what they should do with them as well. And so I just sent one out to them, and I took a picture, and I was like, hey, these are packs going out. And I just put it up on my social media. And from there I had a lot of parents, teachers, and stuff reaching out saying, like, hey, what is that? Do you have any more? Um, can I buy one? Do you have any? I was like, no, I don't have. This was a gift. And um, so I was like, all right, because, you know, sometimes when you buy things, it comes in packs of like 10 or 12. So I had bought a pack. And I was like, all right, I have maybe three left. If you want it, um, just pay for shipping, and I'll ship it to you. And so it was basically free. I just gave it out. And they were like, okay, what's next? And I was like, no, I don't know. I don't have anything next. And so I decided from <laughs> there was a good amount of parents who were asking me, like, is what, 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 what should I do? I need some help. And I was like, all right, what would I do? So I was, I'm really going off of my children, and they're really the catalyst behind everything that I'm doing. Mm. As so I use their interests and uh, use that as a, as a ducktail because I really don't teach pre-K and kindergarten. I teach ninth and tenth graders. And so I use the knowledge of science, what I know, to at least teach them. So they're learning ninth and tenth grade things, but I'm able to bring it down into their level um, because I'm also able to teach, um, uh, what was it, uh, special education. So I kind of melded my two things that I've learned to try mm -hmm. to get to my working. Mm -hmm. And so because it was, I was able to bring it down to the pre-K, kindergarten, first grade level, that's really how I was able to bring down higher science things to my four and two year olds. Up here in the Northeast, it's still cold in March when school is 
close the beginning of April. And so now it was the end of April, beginning of May, we were going into like better weather. I was like, let's do a nature pack. And so the nature pack was to get the children to go outside and make these observations. They all got binoculars and magnifying glasses, and they were collecting bugs and leaves and doing things outside. Um, and that was like the first kind of official box that was shipped out to other people that wasn't family. And from there, I kept getting more and more parents and teachers who were interested in it. Um, and so because I'm still a full-time school teacher, we got to August, and I was like, me and my husband were talking, I'm like, are we going to do this? Like, is this going to be a thing? Because uh, we have to decide. Like, now it's not just a hobby because there's a lot more people who are showing interest. We had schools that were interested going into September. Um, and so after we talked, we were like, all right, we're just going to jump in and see where a lot takes us with this journey. Um, and so we've been able to impact many of our schools, many teachers, homeschooling pods um, this school year to at least help them help our children to learn science and at least get a little taste of science. Um, I'm hearing so many of them saying that now their daughter, their son now want to learn science or be a scientist or be an engineer. And that's, oh, that's really all goal is if we can get them to at least consider consider it, just considering the other careers that are exactly. out there that have to do with the, the STEM, the science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Um, because it's not only those careers, but it's also the uh, skills that they're learning from the STEM content. They're learning critical thinking skills and problem-solving skills that can go across everything, any type of topic and content that they want to learn. If they want to even do basketball, that's all, that's physics, you know? So you can learn science yeah. and you can learn with those skills um, if they just learn those skills. <laughs> that is so beautiful. Now, this uh, program, uh, what what is that person's name, George? Yeah, his name is George. George. Yeah. Yes. How, how did that come about? So I, I had a, um, a a friend of mine from an old job that I worked at. She had reached out to me and said, hey, I know this show. I really love your story. Would you mind if I pitched it to the producers for you? And this was like a couple wow. months ago. And I was like, yeah, sure, that's fine. Um, and I didn't think anything of it because those things take time. And, then, you know, I kept going on with everything until I got a phone call and we did um, two rounds of interviews on the phone. And then they had to come in and do like a site visit. And after the site visit, I was like, okay, yeah. well, after the second interview, I was like, okay, this is getting real. We might get it. I don't know. And then when they came for the site visit and the guy was talking and he was saying, like, this is really great. I'm loving it. I'm really going to try and push your story to the rest of the board, um, the ones who make the decision. Um, and so from there, uh, they called us back, and they were like, we're, we're in. And so that's, that's really how it went. They heard the story, did the site visit, and they were like, we love it. We want to help. We want to be a part of it. Um, and they did their thing down here in the basement. Yeah. And just to rewind a little bit, uh, Dr. Avery, just – if, if you hear me stuttering, Doc, it's just because I'm a, I'm a big fan of yours. And so uh, oh my if you hear a little, a little stutter in my voice, please excuse me. But, uh, no, so we'll just rewind it back uh, just a slight bit. Uh, when 
with my wife as she talked about, you know, the beginnings of Science Teacher Mom. You know, I was also, you know, working on uh, some pulling some money from my business credit into using it to push forward into some investments that I was looking to, you know, go into. And so I had some money, you know, to the side to get it done. And then, you know, as Medina kind of described this, as she stated, you know, this this started off just as her interest to really facilitate the the energy of my two boys, you know, and then it began to grow. And as it began to grow, this was never intended. This wasn't her original intent, a lot for sure, but her original intent wasn't necessarily to build a business structure, but it was the best structure in order to facilitate the growth of where we could serve uh, greater. So as things began to dovetail, she turned to me one day, you know, and was like, okay, this is too much. And I'm like, wait, what do you mean? No, this is too much. This amount of school, this amount of, this is too much. And so I'm like, oh, man. And in my mind, Doc, I'm like, I know we can't stop. Like, we can't, the science mom cannot stop, so what are we going to do? So at that point, my basement was, I mean, just um, if anyone's ever purchased an investment property, it was very unfinished. Like, I mean, asbestos, like it was, it was everything out there that, uh, you know, it wasn't even, uh, it wasn't, uh, I, you couldn't occupy, you couldn't even store things down here. So we, I couldn't really put anything down here. So we had, I was standing there, I'm like, man, I got this money to the side that I was supposed to use for investment. But I'm like, yo, Tyreek, if we don't, if I don't invest in this home and we don't establish a place for us to grow the company, I mean, you know, the passion at that point, I said, this girl, she can't stop this. She cannot stop this because I feel like a lot is going to come and be like, oh, Tyreek, this is your fault. You know, you're supposed to figure this out. So I was like, all right. So instead of using it for the investment, we, uh, we got with uh, an amazing contractor, Brother Philip Jenkins out of northern New Jersey, a black man who, you know, once he saw that we were in a nation, we just had an amazing, like, just relationship. He was super professional, and he renovated oh, our basement. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal job, you know. And so mm-hmm. that is uh, when the show producers came and saw the, un- like, the finished basement, they were like, wow, this, it made it feasible for them to come in and do their interior design because of the work that Philip Jenkins had done, and he had done a great job. It was just not, uh, it wasn't in the, the, the basement was just basically, it was just renovated. You know, we had the sump pump, we got the flooding out, but it wasn't in a format for production, you know. So when they came in and they saw it, and Medina is one of those, you know, beautiful people who, she like wins every raffle, Dr. Ava. Like, if you go somewhere with her and she plays, wins everything. So as soon as they came, I like, we're going to end up on Yo, oh, my gosh. And for any of, you know, my brothers on the line, and, you know, it's, it was a level of anxiety that I had to deal with because, you know, there was multiple people during a pandemic in and out of the home. So that was something that we really had to facilitate and manage, and I wasn't always super comfortable, but, you know, I got a team, so I had my brother come by the house, or, you know, if I wasn't there to make sure things were done. But um, the, full, the full story of it is really amazing. Philip Jenkins uh, had done, and his contracting team really allowed for George to the rescue and their team to come in to do what they did. And it was actually, you know, the interior designer was this beautiful black woman who actually did the work. She actually was the one who designed the basement. You know, you know, George did a great yeah. job, but he is the 
friend of the show, but it was a beautiful black woman right. who actually did not. Oh, it is stunning. And, and, I, I mean, oh, the colors. But go ahead. You go ahead. No, no, no. You're, you're beautiful. But one of the things that he left out that was the, 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 the piece that I have to talk about when they went down and when George came in the house to survey on the show, and he looked around, he looked around, he looked around, and he went into some little cubbyhole or vent or, or you know, whatever, duck way or whatever. He went way up in somewhere and said, oh, I found one strand of a spider web. And I was like, go ahead, Muslim. <laughs> that we supposed to keep right. the house so clean that you can eat off of it. He was looking for something. He said, oh, damn, this is a good canvas. Like, he can produce art on this place. I was like, go ahead, Muslim. Go ahead. I just had to throw that in there. I don't represent the message in the minister. Right. Oh, praise be to Allah. Oh, but, you know, the colors, like you said, Dr. Ava, people don't know the, the beauty of the colors, and not only the colors and all of the, the science equipment and things. And they had, like, the uh, periodic table that they had downstairs and, like, the moss-like trees, but it was encased in these cases. It was the periodic yeah. tables. It, it was just beautiful. But then, Dr. Ava, see, the part about George, he brought a TV, a big screen TV, but it wasn't really a TV. It was something. I don't know what it is. But all I know, you can do video conferences on there. You can write on that TV. You can do lesson plans on that TV. And all I know, all I saw, I could do Zooms. I could do my conference calls. I could do everything from that TV beyond science. But George brought that TV. So they took yeah. care of them. That was tight. Yeah, that's but, called the vibe board. Yeah, the vibe board. But the wow. beauty of this, Dr. Ava, the beauty of all this, and I really need them to really kind of talk and come out of their shells, is the beauty of a Muslim. No, seriously, the beauty, and the reason why I'm saying it, because this is what Dr. Ava wants to hear, the beauty of a Muslim growing family, a young yeah. family that came up in this nation that worked in our nation. So your wife is not just, just your wife. Like, oh, that's Brother Tariq's wife. We know he's on the team, and we see him. No, she is actually a teacher, a qualified teacher. And as you said on the show, I met she was traveling when I met her. She was right. world traveling when I met her. And she's right. still world traveling, even though she's in one place, teaching science all over the world. So I, I really need you all to talk more about what your mission is about teaching science to the world and your love of science and your love of teaching children. Mm. Mm. See, I'll start. Beautiful wife, as he points to me. But, <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna I mean, we're gonna have you all back too when we get this visual, this video component. We oh, can't yeah. do it with Blog Talk Radio. We got to switch to no. another platform. For this. Talk to but go ahead. We are right, we are right here, absolutely <laughs> for you. And I mean, just you know, brother, uh, brother Terrence, man. When it comes to, uh, as you said, the the beauty of uh, all of our families as we grew in Islam, you know, my wife and I met, you know, when a lot of people ask us about our courtship, you know, we met in the dojo under Professor Christopher Muhammad. That, he facilitated our courtship over the course of about probably like six to seven years. You know, we met training. You know, when I met my wife, she was on the advanced team on the sister's end, and I was working with Brother Rashad and then Brother Sadiq on the brother's end. So uh, our courtship or our beginnings or our relationship structure is the foundation of growing up 
and the realities of a Muslim, you know, upbringing, you know what I'm saying, from the Vanguard class to the junior FOI class, you know, this was our foundational principles. So we truly met and our family grew from the work of Islam, you know, and so because being blessed for both of us to be students of the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad under the direction of the minister, you know, when it came to uh, understanding each other, right, and I was, you know, because I, I talk to the young brothers about this all the time, I said, I met my wife, and she was a world traveler. I said, so when we got married, one of the things I remember her saying to me was, I want to get all the travel out of my system. And Dr. Ava, that disturbed me a little bit, because I was like, man, you love to travel. Why would, I mean, I wouldn't want to get married if I was you. Like, I wouldn't want to get married if you're going to have to stop everything that you do that you love to do. And the year after, she went to Rwanda, oh, Senegal. Yeah, I always get that one wrong. But she went to Senegal because, you know, my thing was I want her to, I knew she had a mission, you know, and I knew that um, a part of what we do as men as we're growing, you know, it is our uh, role to set the goals to have, as the minister said, that a man without a woman, oh, a man without a mission doesn't need a woman, you know, but what I've began to reflect on, just being a student of the minister, is that as we grow, when we have, when we take on our, uh, a wife and we're blessed to take on a wife and she has a mission that she's been given from Allah, it is in our best interest to look at the goals that we're setting for the family to ensure that what Allah has her on is within that scope. And um, as we spoke and were growing, you know, she would express how she was trying to figure out how to use all that she had, you know, for the world. You know, like I'm talking years ago, she, and I was always trying to encourage her, like, all right, then you can do this. You can, you know, uh, teach people how the different ins and outs of traveling, what to expect. And my wife is one of those people who, what, she has to figure it out for her. Like, you can't really tell her. She has to, you can say some stuff, but she has to put the mathematics on her own. And so when this became about, it was like, wow, you know, to see her really just figure out what would allow her to continue to travel. But now we do have to get her back on the plumbing with the vaccine and all of that stuff. We don't know. But, you know, at least she's able to travel through her students and learn about different cultures. But when it comes to this and we're able to see how growing this family under the direction of what the messenger saw for us, it's like he wants these states. He wants us to have our own state and territory of our own in order that we are going to need scientists, engineers, architects in order to do that. How do we begin this mission? And my wife figured out her lane in it. I've got to help build these scientific minds for the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, Master Far Muhammad, and the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And so when it comes to our family structure, that has become our mission, is to establish these scientific minds in the minds of our children and children all across the planet, you know, so that we can continue to make these friendships in our world for life. So I pray to answer some sort of your question, Brother Terrence. <laughs> oh, no, it did. Oh, no, it, it did. did. But, I, you know, we waiting for the science teacher mom. Come on. Come on. Come on, T. Come on. Come on. You're hiding in the corner in the cut. <laughs> no, I'm here. <laughs> Come behind that sycamore tree, sister. No, yes, sir. I'm here. Um, so it's it's really, I think, uh, from, a, from my point of view as a sister's point of view growing up in the nation, um, I think it was important for me to be able to find and have this outlet. 
um, because early on, like he was saying, I was trying to figure certain things out, um, especially being if once I became a mother, I was like, I don't know how to do this. Becoming a mom is a new thing, and there's no, like, Mm, rule book kind of for becoming a mom and so when you're becoming a first time mom that was like super scary and uh, one of the things that I, I cherish and I love about my husband is that he's always right there with me for me he's backing me up um, and so even when we decided to go into this he, you know a lot of my ideas are crazy I was when we it was my birthday one year and I was like all right let's uh, go skydiving and I was like, it was my idea. I was like, let's go. I really want to do this. Let's do it. And he was like, all right. And so a lot of the crazy things that usually my idea, oh, he's yeah. there with me and he's going to come with me. And so that, um, having that gives me a lot of security. It gives me that security that we need or as I need as a sister um, and that I've always had growing up. Um, and so going into a business structure like this and having that strong backbone from him gives me that rock that I need in order to keep going because sometimes I'll, I'll waver and like, I don't know if I can do this. And it happens because it's brand new territory. Um, and so him being that un unwavering uh, rock that we have in this family, I think is so important to to have um, for, for me. He's, he, he's everything. And <laughs> he's everything for me. <laughs> oh, I know you love that. Yeah. Name, babe. I, I, I know you <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I, I'm, I don't know what to say because it, I'm overjoyed. You know, the, you know, sister, uh, sister Adela and brother Lamont yes. that went to Rwanda, yes. and I mean, the, the list is, is growing. But you know, when I listen to uh, sister Medina say that this grew out of her sons, her. You know, when our, our teachings are so centered on the woman and a nation can rise no higher than its woman, any nation, because it doesn't say the black nation. It says a nation can rise no higher than its woman. And if you look at the situation with the white female in America, if you study where she is at any point in America's history, the little spurts of civilized behavior they did have was when the women were were focused on motherhood and modesty and upliftment. And you, you see the God power in the female. And then to hear Brother Tariq, you know, have, a, have that type of advanced spiritual development, you know, to not not be uh, made insecure by a talented, brilliant wife, but to be inspired and want to take it as high as it will go. Um, the, I'm, I'm just sitting here in awe because this is the kind of family that um, the hereafter will be populated with. And we already have these families, you know, and as you always talk about, Brother Terrence, beyond our our beautiful circle of, of registered members of the Nation of Islam, the, the two sisters we had on from Georgia, from the Freedom Initiative. You know, right. I remember I think it was Sister Renee. Sister Renee said, I am married to a black man. Okay. Come on. <laughs> and yes, I have black on. children. I got a black son. 
You know, mm-hmm. and after the lynching of Ahmad Aubrey, you know, me and my friend here, our mind was on protecting our men. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just, you know, let's let's go buy some land. And and what did the minister call for? Ten thousand fearless. You know, mm-hmm. to make our own communities a safe and decent place to live. So when you have a a, a Muslim woman who is thinking about the best interest of her sons, you know, and then look what comes up out of that. And I, I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking about the minister and the endless uh, <laughs> production of, of him. He's, he's, he's producing a new world, you know, right. under, under his teacher, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has made him into what what is Dr. Ridgely called the minister of the next level of human mm-hmm. beings. Being that's right. And and to be able to to witness the birth and growth and evolution because we are we are into generations now. Generations of the nation of Islam and this is an example. Uh a real life and, and Brother Terrence, I thank you for being the that uh you know, uh, Brother Tariq and Sister Medina, we always say, Brother Terrence, we think he's a triplet or <laughs> because he's everywhere. He's everywhere. Okay. And sometimes it just seems like he's in two places at the same time. And no matter where he is, wherever he is, he finds a phone. Where were you that time? You were in some... Were you in Canada or something on some island? Oh yeah, I was in um, in the District of Columbia. <laughs> Where, not district, not District of Columbia. Um, British Columbia, British Where, somewhere Columbia. in Canada, <laughs> on an island, and I had to have Wi-Fi on this island uh, to get a phone connection to call into the show. Yes, only to call into. No matter where he is, he's airports, on train stations, somebody's house, some place. You know, some conventions, you know, some, yes. some array of, of well-known black people, you know, <laughs> and he steps out, don't like them, I'm here, I can't stay on, but I just wanted to check in, and, you know, so I I thank you, too, for reaching out, and, and we, we've got to make this couple known. Oh, it's we got to, because I, I think somebody's the yeah. engineer on here, is that an engineer on the <laughs> oh, call, too? God. Uh, I, mean, yeah, I don't know because we talked about STEM. Yeah, it, uh, it, uh, what is somebody an engineer know how to build or something? <laughs> yeah, Not me. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's spiritual engineer, Doctor. I, I, I have to argue that you might be a spiritual engineer, Doctor. All right. Yeah, I can. Uh, I can agree with that. We we can we can bear witness to that. A, a, a spiritual engineer defending fire. All right. <laughs> But um, I am a uh, – I went to school for mechanical engineering, uh, Stevens Institute of Technology in uh, Hoboken, New Jersey. Oh, my God. I specialize in um, aerospace. <laughs> this is awesome. So I'm manufacturing um, – uh, <laughs> I'm a manufacturing engineering supervisor, um, manager for a, uh, a company which produces different parts that go on different commercial – and military engines, uh, welded braid assemblies, and things like that. So, um, on a day-to-day, I'm troubleshooting uh, 
welding and braising and NDTs and cleaning processes on a moment-to-moment basis uh, throughout the throughout the day. That's my my day life. So in other words, that 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 boy good. That 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 boy good. That 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 boy good. <laughs> so yeah, we we live still. We definitely uh, live still. Allahu Akbar. You all are awesome. And and then to hear Sister Medina say, he's my everything. I mean, that... Come on now. Say that oh, again. This, this, this should my be one of our marriage... Uh, I'm telling you. I'm a marriage sure. promotion tape. Let's just... play this one back to back tomorrow. Hey, man, I'm your everything. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't scripted, Dr. Ava. It wasn't scripted. Come on, come on. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of all this. This this is re- this is real life. You know, our study real course love. has theory and practical application. Yeah, Sister Donna just texted me. Uh, on you know, she's on our separation team. She said, "Real love in action." You know? Come on, man. come on. Yeah, but um, it, it, if you all could stay on with us. Um, I know it's getting late there, but we'd love for you to stay on because we, we're going to take some calls. Um, yes, ma'am. And I'm sure, I'm sure somebody wants to ask a question or, or a comment on this program. And then, all, you know, and all this going on, because we know you all have views on a broad spectrum of, of things that are, that are happening. Um, and so anytime you want to jump in, just feel free to do so. So we're going to start with Brother Daryl, and let's get his line open. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Daryl. Well, like salam, family. How are you all doing? Oh, we're doing wonderful. We're happy tonight. <laughs> Crazy to laugh. <laughs> The young couple that's on there, me, I'd like to continue to bless you all. I was out shopping. I just caught the end of what was going on. So whatever it is, it sounds good when you heard uh, saying you about everything. So it must be really good. <laughs> but I was concerned about our brother that uh, I think I caught some of that as well, that uh, the mother didn't give up. She, they, if I'm not mistaken, they tried to say he was in an accident, but they find out he had been tasered and beaten there. And go to our live, bless the videos be seen where they was cleaning the blood off their face and off their hands. So it was a slaughter, vicious beating of our brother. So it's just showing as soon as we get off from one thing, flow in and try to, you know, regroup, it's happening over and over. So it's time for the separation. It's time for us to come together quick because this thing is totally out of control. Uh, they had a sister they said, I think, with Mobile. I think I told you that uh, last Thursday where they tried to say that she hung, uh, she hung herself, but she was lynched. But they said that she hung herself because she was, uh, she was not, uh, she was gay. That's what they tried to say. Uh, there's a lot of people out here that's gay. They don't hang themselves, so they know that was a lynching, you know. So they're killing our women just as well as they're killing our men. So I thank Allah for the, uh, the family uh, town meeting that we all come together, and, and we got to move fast because this thing is nothing to play with. Our people are thinking because they took the shot that they are safe, but they are not. So they are just ignoring information, but when Allah 
get through it's going to be what it is. So I'm going to let someone else get on. I thank you all. I love you. And you all stay safe. Thanks for coming, Michael. And what what's uh, is isn't there a website? Is it uh, that we're because brother just made me think, brother Dale, because remember he said he missed the earlier part of the presentation. Um, so we need a website from uh, from Sister Medina. I thought I saw a website on the flyer. Uh, ScienceTeacherMom.com. ScienceTeacherMom.com. So, uh, Brother Daryl, you can go on the website and you know get get an understanding of uh, the work that Sister Medina is doing, and her husband, Brother Tariq, is a mechanical engineer. And so they're just they're just uh, made for each other in heaven on every level, you know, whether, whether it's travel or uh, helping our uh, young people uh, develop that love for science that we're going to have to have to have a new reality. There's just no getting around it. We have to have literally hundreds of thousands of our people uh, very quickly become astute and proficient in all of the array of sciences that are needed for nation building. So we're going to go next. We have Brother Frank, who has been holding for a while. Brother Frank, assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Elevated Places. Welcome back, I should say. Thank you, Masalaam, to you all. Wow, I'm just sitting here, y'all covering so much. And I really felt bad because I had conflict come over last Thursday. I missed last Thursday, so I felt empty. And then and Saturday, I said, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to find one of Dr. Abel's, uh, Muhammad's previous speeches, and I got the one in North Carolina on my YouTube uh, in 2020, you did. Wow, my sister. All that i got to say is I just prayed that all our women, black women, to hear you speak at least once. Just at least once. And I definitely want to uh, be able to say I've come to hear one of your speeches live, in person, upon the same rule. I had the satisfaction with the minister. That was great. And it's like, to me, the uh, the, the, uh, the introduction that that brother gave induced you everything he said was true. But the question I wanted to ask, mm-hmm. because you both spoke a lot tonight, my sister, oh, and, and you are, sister, you are truly, you're guided. You are spiritually and divinely guided. All praise to allow for you, Lord have mercy. But you mentioned uh, about how the population and how there is a diabolical plan to depopulate the earth. And you can see that happening in India, okay? I know you all are well aware of the devastation going to India, how they let this COVID virus yeah. um, do its job on India. Because there were over a billion people in India, am I right or wrong? And You're they right. have mass graves they have mass graves over there. There's no more room. The bodies are piling. I mean, it's like they burning them up with them flamethrowers. You think you watch one of them zombie movies? Okay. What would Joe? What What would Joe suggestion for those in India in regards to that? Because I know how y'all are about not taking back to. Well, they they for they they anything they got shot to it. They would they they, they wouldn't take it. You can say I got shot on rock and you gonna get stampeded. Okay. I want to make a joke out of that. But I just wanted to ask that question right there, right there, and just one more. Seeing how we have not separated, and you know I'm in line with separation. I know that is the ultimate answer. 
But what, Dr. Abel, would you suggest can stop these police officers from killing our people, can make them hesitate to where they should be hesitating because they don't want to give you the qualified um, immunity. They want to keep them immune because I already know what I'm going to do. If something happened with my relative, I already know. But I'm just, I'm trying to confirm. So, Dr. Abel, what would your suggestion? What do you think we should do to stop these police officers from murdering our people? Are we listen, we right. looking at modern-day MTOs left and right, left and right. So please yes, just sir. answer That's two questions for me. All right. There it is. Yes, sir. I mean, you're asking a critical question, the, the question of the hour. But, you know, beloved, it's not, a, it's not a question for someone to offer a suggestion. We, we need divine guidance. That's we right. We need divine guidance, and we're getting it. The, what we don't want to do is make the mistakes that our people have made in the past and reject God's servant. Mm -hmm. And we have been given out of his mercy a pathway out of this. Separation is a process. And the first step in the process, in in the actuality of it, because remember, we've been receiving these teachers for now we're going into 91 years of the nation of Islam in America. Now, some scientists, they will place a generation, somewhere between 20 and 30 years, is a generation. And a generation is a group of people that are the same age and grow up, produce children, marry, have families, and die in the same time period. So the reason I'm talking about generations is if, if you assign to be midway in that number, um, 25 years, then we're somewhere close to the fourth uh, generation since the coming of Master Farad Muhammad. And Minister Farrakhan told me one time, we were working on a study guide, he said it, it's going to take six generations from the coming of Master Farad Muhammad to achieve uh, perfect health, to be restored to perfect health, which in turn becomes the basis for moving toward living the length of years that Allah made this body capable of living, which is 1,000 years. And so all of that is tied, all of these things are connected. The education of our children, uh, making sure they gain the knowledge of science, um, we were robbed of the sciences of war, business, and mating. These are all sciences, systemized knowledge. Agriculture is a science. Education is a science. We have to return to being scientists, and we have to handle what's happening to us scientifically. Now, he said 10,000 fearless to make our own communities a safe and decent place to live. And to their credit, those black men who were husbands, fathers, businessmen in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 100 years ago, in the Greenwood section, which was a beautiful, flourishing, full-of-life section, we showed some old, uh, someone had some black and white uh, film footage, very little bit, but... You could see 
this was a self-contained community, and it was an affluent community. In fact, uh, it, it had several banks, and some of these black banks were loaning money to white farmers who were suffering, which is part of what aroused all the anger. But when they, uh, on that day, a young brother was arrested, falsely charged with trying to sexually, as usual, sexually attack a white woman, and they took that young brother into custody and a lynch mob was building up. And these black men went down to uh, defend that brother. And that's what brought this on, this massacre. Uh, they had, white people had barely in, invented the airplane. And, and one of the first things they do is use it for an airstrike. First airstrike ever to take place in, on U.S. soil was to kill black people. Now, and then you saw it again in 1985 with MOVE in Philadelphia. And so we have survived th these type of holocausts. And I'm saying that to say we have no reason to be afraid. We have backup. We have the ability to defend ourselves. The, the protesting, and I understand it, I appreciate any effort to compensate these families, but body cameras, and Sister Attorney Pamela and I were talking about that today. Getting things filmed, yes, it, it provides evidence, but it also traumatizes us. That's right. Because we're watching. I have yet to see Ronald Green video. I can't bring myself. I don't have anything left for that right now. Yes, ma'am. That's right. And so it's time for us to say, look, it's time to get it on and say, we're, we're going to go down fighting. When, when they asked the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, this plane that you're talking about, this mother plane, this wheel, this instrument of destruction, that you say God had built to destroy this country. When is it going into action? And he said, in response to that, when you make a move on us. Now, you may say, well, they've already made a move on us. No, they haven't. They're picking us off one by one or in little groups, he said a move on us, meaning us, the black nation. So we have to make that us happen. We don't follow a spook religion. We have to obey God. We have to begin our exodus, and we're doing that. We are forming clusters of communities all over this country now. And it's increasing rapidly because it's feeding on itself. It's a wonderful sight. And we as women, I as a grandmother, Medina as a mother, we as sisters, daughters, we're not going to keep standing by watching this happening to our men. And our men are not going to stand by and watch this keep happening. 
And not only are we through with Satan, with this open enemy, any black person who sadly has been made such a savage by our enemy that you will shoot into a car and kill a baby in a car seat. You will shoot in a window and kill a baby. You will shoot in some crazy drive-in McDonald's, and a seven-year-old girl, her body is riddled with bullets because you're trying to kill her father because you and him are savages. Then you got to go too. In Islam, we don't do jail. In Islam, if you can't respect life, you can't be on this planet. They're talking about they want their country back. They don't have a country. We want our planet back. You don't belong here, and it's time for you to go. We need to get out of the way so Allah and his Christ can clean this country out. And it's only their mercy and love for us is why they haven't made a move. But we need to be together in an identifiable place, not just spiritually disconnected, because if we're spiritually and mentally disconnected from them, then we'll get physically distanced. And that's what this COVID has done for us. It's forced us to back away and to start thinking on ourselves. But now we have a short window. So it's not about the the solution, though it's understandable, we want that solution, but it's not about the police. They're just trained dogs. They are the local arm of the U.S. military. And these civil rights people and all this that keep talking about training, we got to sit them down. They need to be quiet. Now, the minister already sent them an open letter years ago and told them to stand down. So in a few days, we're going to have to go around and start enforcing the commandments of God that are coming through the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. That's right. Because I got a five-year-old grandson and a four-year-old granddaughter. And my husband already said he's not teaching them how to put their hands on the steering wheel and turn the lights on when the police pull you over. Ain't nobody pulling them over. Unless Come on. it's a Muslim. I'm not going to have them worry about surviving an encounter with the police over an expired plate, which is what happened to Dante uh, Wright, while the Floyd jury was in deliberation. This is outrageous. Nobody would believe this, that this is going on, and we got to bring a stop to it. And so I didn't mean to go on and on like that, but... It's, well, we can't answer. let them keep us focused on on the the ultimate result. See, we're starting at the end of the problem when we deal with the police. You know, if if there's a pit bull 
running around in the neighborhood. You you got to go to the owner's house and knock on the door. You can't talk to the dog. Now, what you can do is you can kill the dog. You can do that. Now, are you going to film the dog eating your two-year-old, or are you going to take the dog out? The answer to the police is very simple, but it's not easy. The teachings are simple, but they're not easy, meaning nobody can claim they don't understand. There's nothing hard to understand about the back page of the final call. It ain't rocket science. It's true. But what's hard is is complying with it. That's what's hard. And so that's why we have people like Sister Medina, Brother Tariq, on this program to inspire us to move. They're moving on this. They're not sitting around reading magazines, looking at pictures, though they could be on the cover of a magazine. But they're moving out on what God has given them. And he's given each and every one of us a purpose. And we got to stop ignoring it. So the, the move will be made. You don't have to worry about police or nothing else when that plane moves out. But if you don't even believe it's real, then too bad, so sad. Because it won't be. It'll, it'll be real. You're still laying up with this white woman when it moves out. You'll be all right. And the Pentagon is now publicly talking about the baby planes. 60 Minutes did a whole hour on it. Why? Because they have to prepare the people for a battle in the sky. And they're trying to frame it right now and try to say, well, this is Russia, this is China. China ain't got nothing that hovers at 50 feet above the ground and then shoots up 80,000 feet. As awesome as they are, they they don't have that. They don't have anything that can pause in midair. The fastest fighter jet the U.S. has is the 21,000-mile-per-hour Blackbird. I mean, 2,100, 2,100 miles per hour. Wow, 2,100, 2,000 miles an hour. Yeah, we'll try to keep up with an object going 11,000 miles an hour. Yeah, you look like the Flintstones. Come on, but you're spending right. all, of, all of the money for, that we need for food and health and housing. You're spending every dime you had trying to fight something that's a million years ahead of you in technology. Mm-hmm. Now, we got to get with the program. That's the solution. Get with the program. And I'm and so sorry, the callers. Oh, no, no. You, you, you were good. And, and, and that, that was that was it. <laughs> but I think but, but the passion comes from this, Dr. Ava. The passion comes, one, is for the word of God and the love that we have for the honorable minister, Louis Farrakhan, divine mercy in our midst. And all of that 
questions that we have, most of the time, have been answered by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. It's our unwillingness to unite and come together to follow the instruction that have been given to do what must be done. So we're still asking what should be done when the answer has been given. Separation is the best and only solution to our problem with our open enemy, and we're still trying to figure out how to navigate with our oppressor. How can we better relate with our oppressor? How can we better legislate with our oppressor? How can we better cope with our oppressor? How can we better deal with oppression instead of doing what the directive has come from God? But we don't want to listen to God's servant. We want to reject, as you said earlier, the ones that have come before us. Uh, but we are, Dr. Avis, as you already know, about seven minutes finished. I didn't know if you wanted our guest to say anything or you wanted to jump into another call. Well, let's, let's take a brief call. We're gonna, we'll, we'll be brief, and yes, we'll ma'am. take one more call because I would like to hear some closing remarks from our beautiful guest. But I wanted uh, them to hear from Brother Kareem. Right. And he's, uh, he's 14. He's a junior FOI out in the Pacific Northwest, and I, I'm sure he, had, he wants to weigh in tonight. Brother Kareem, assalamu alaikum. We just got a couple of minutes left uh, for well, calls, but we wanted to hear from you. Yes, sir. Alaikum salam. How are you? Oh, I'm fine, sir. What about yourself? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Um, I was just uh, <laughs> thinking about... Uh, the COVID and all this kind of stuff. And I realized that Allah wants us to separate from our enemy. Yes, sir. Since we're not going to do it willingly, he made a virus to force us to. Come on. Come on. And so... um, that is something that I really am seeing because uh, people are starting to show their true colors, like the government and all these other people. And when you look very closely, you see the wickedness and why we should separate. Awesome, like <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Bomb drop. There you have it. The teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. To the point. That's right. Yes. So, and, and we are coming to a, an end uh, of the program. So, and you too, Sister Pamela, we want to hear from you too before we go off the air, our resident attorney. Um, but, Brother. Tariq and Sister Medina, uh, any closing messages? And if you have any uh, anything you want to tell us about that you'd like us to support, how to support you, any anything uh, that will help facilitate your mission, um, yes, please ma'am. share with us. Thank yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Um, just as a closing remark, um, I just wanted to bring to the light the, the importance of the first five years of education for children. Um, And so Mm. I've found this is so important that we're infusing STEM into our younger children so that they have these foundations. And I recently heard a story from my dad 
he was mentioning and saying that while I was young, um, he's a physician assistant. So he's a doctor, and um, he was studying biology at the time when I was young, and he said he had a fruit fly. He was doing genetics. He had fruit flies in the house, and he was studying those. He had a small fetus around the house, and so there was just science everywhere at a young age. And little did I know that it was around me until, you know, as it just started to happen. I didn't know that until more recently. So he had told me this story just a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, oh, this is all making sense. And so just laying down the foundation for our children is important. You never know where it's going to bring them and um, what your work is doing, in the first, especially the first five years of their life, but, of course, throughout their entire life, what they're doing. Um, so that's one thing I just wanted to say. Um, and then also if you are looking, we are doing um, – we'll start – our next season starts in August for new schools and new homeschooling parents uh, at ScienceTeacherMom.com, our new subscription. So if you're interested in enrolling children, grandchildren, schools, small schools, private schools, um, that's what we're looking for in August to enroll into our subscription program. It's hands-on science for kindergarten up until fifth grade. Um, and at each month, they get a new box of different activities that they can do that will introduce them to different types of science, whether it's chemistry, physics, um, you know, biology, dissection. So they're doing a lot of various different things. Um, and one thing, if people are looking now, there is a summer camp in a box. It's a DIY kind of summer camp option for parents. They get a virtual video of myself demonstrating how to do the activities because there are a lot of parents who shy away from doing science because they're just not sure if they know it or if it's, if it's too hard. And so yeah. if I can provide that um, support to have the videos for them, the step-by-step on how to do it, then they'll be able to teach their children and the children around them to do these activities and really inspire them. Because being only one person, right, one teacher can only go so far, but if you can help the parents who help the children, then you can inspire a lot more um, children. So there's a couple of activities that you can find on the website. Um, also my Instagram, I usually share at Science Teacher Mom. Um, I usually share, like, hands-on activities, fun things, little things that you can do with children. So um, feel free if you're ever interested to reach Thank out. Um, science stuff. <laughs> and just two things, uh, as as we go to the close, uh, for one, my grandmother just texted me, so I want to make sure that you know Sister Harriet out of New York, my grandmother and Brother <laughs> Michael, who was on the program before with you. That's my first cousin, so we share Sister Harriet oh, and Mama Harriet. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's my grandmother. And I just shared a picture of Brother Terrence because one of the oldest shots, pictures I've seen, of you as you walking um, in at ten ten fifteen with the beautiful vanguard surrounding you, and my oh, wife, Adina, is uh, one of the point persons walking in front. So I just sent oh. him a picture. I'm like, I, 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 I want to draw this uh, connection. So uh, yes, ma'am. I just wanted to share that with you. Look as we at close. that! Oh my goodness. <laughs> When I saw it, I was flabbergasted. And then you have to look at it. You have to look at it twice because, you know, you're so taken with, because I had on red and then the Vanguard, they were just 
awesome. They were so cold-blooded with their, their brand uniforms. And then you looked again, and then you see this tall black man with these shades on, and that's Darius. Go ahead, Darius. That's right. It's a blue. That's a fact. The FOI is ever-present, you know. Come on now. That was profound. That was profound. But yeah, that, thank you all so much, and I want to I want to thank, of course, again, Brother Tariq and Sister Medina. I want to thank you, Brother Terrence, my co-host, Sister Rona Muhammad, our executive producer who makes this thing happen, and Sister Attorney Pamela Muhammad, our legal contributor, and all those tuned in, whether it's via uh, logging in at BlogTalkRadio.com or our wonderful callers. May Allah bless us all with love and the light of understanding. Move forward your divine purpose. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.